listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. We are in our second week looking at renewal in our series, Our Lives, His Vision. And renewal comes out of abiding with God. It's an inevitable byproduct of being with Jesus. Because it says in scripture, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that is so much of what happens in the process of renewal. God, through renewal, restores our past. He reinterprets the present and he releases the kingdom. It's born in trust and comes out of our identity in Jesus. And Holy Spirit drives this whole process. It's given power and influence because of him. As Ryan started this series, he talked about that call to follow Jesus. In Matthew, Jesus calls out to the people, to the men in the boat, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Renewal is looking at that middle segment, I will make you. This is God's process, God's invitation. What do we get to do? Yield to it. So today we're going to explore this biblically. So I'm going to get you to turn to Exodus. It's the second book of the Bible. Keep it open because we're going to go through this quite a bit. and It's great for a point of reference. But essentially, Exodus follows on from the book of Genesis, looking at the promise that God gave to Abraham to make him a fruitful nation. And so we find Abraham's family, all 70 of them now in Egypt, living life well. But we skip 400 years as Exodus begins, and we find that the Israelite nation, born from this family of Abraham, are no longer living in privilege and freedom. Over that time, they've grown into a nation so fruitful that the king, Pharaoh, has now become threatened by this nation. He doesn't like their growth. He doesn't like their prosperity. And so he enslaves them. He is a brutal, brutal king, all done out of fear of his own position being thwarted. He is so intimidated. He decides to create an edict that all Hebrew boys, all Israelite boys that are born must be thrown into the Nile to die. He wants to get rid of this nation. But as we know, if you read the scriptures, God often has a different plan, often has a different thing in mind. And so we zoom into one of these Israelites, a woman who's by the river, the Nile, holding her young child, her son, realizing that she needs to or has to put the son in the Nile, in this river. What a difficult moment for her. But I love what she does. She follows this rule but slightly alters it, putting this young boy in a little reed basket so he floats down the river. And time would have it, or perhaps God's providence, that Pharaoh's daughter is bathing in the river at the same time. She comes across this little boy in the basket and has compassion for him and love for him, knowing he's an Israelite child. She still takes him in and raises him in the courts of Pharaoh. And so this boy grows up having the best education, understanding the court system, being trained in the Egyptian ways, a boy that was actually destined to death. It's this first moment that we see God reinterpreting the present, that he changes things, something that Pharaoh had wanted to bring death. He's actually brought life and prosperity. And for this young boy, he had plans for him. 
this is a repeated theme throughout the biblical narrative, but particularly for this boy who becomes a Moses. He was a man who yielded to God's invitation for renewal, which led to the liberation of a whole nation. So now we get to look at his story. In Exodus 2, verse 11, it says, One day after Moses has grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. You can imagine Moses growing up in the courts of Egypt, running around, eating at the table with Pharaoh in this abundant life, yet all the while hearing the sounds of his people crying out, the echoes of their cries coming through the halls, the sound of hammers on stone, scraping against the ground as the Hebrews pull and labor hard to build something for Pharaoh under his enslavement. They cry out as the Egyptian officers whip them into shape. It must have been difficult to have heard that, knowing that he was a part of that nation, but living in the privilege of Pharaoh's home. And so he lives in this tormented way for a while, and then we see him grown up, seeing that he now has authority, having trained in the courts, becoming a man, he wants to make a change. So Exodus 2, 11 to 15 says, He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Moses wrestles a lot throughout this story, and it's a lot to do with his past. He is a man who doesn't understand his identity, possibly struggling with the sense of being abandoned by his parents, growing up in a family and in a home where he didn't quite belong. He runs from this because when he is asked by this man, who are you that you think you can rule us? Moses doesn't know the answer. He wants to bring change, but he's doing it in his own strength. This is one of the ways we respond to renewal. Mark in his book, Reappearing Church, tells us four ways that we can choose to engage or sometimes step into in renewal. One of them is that it's human driven. We try and create it on our own. This is what Moses has done. The second is stagnation when we run away as he's done to Midian and just stay there, possibly going into decline, ignoring it. The third is decline and resistance, resisting renewal, that opportunity God gives. And the fourth is the best one, god dissented renewal. And that's where life comes from. But in this moment in the story, Moses has chosen to create renewal or attempt to in his own strength. It's really ironic that the Hebrew asked him that question in verse 14, who made you ruler and judge over us? If you know the story, you know that Moses returns and actually becomes the leader of the Israelites, of the Hebrews. That is actually who he will be. He doesn't realize it at the time, but it's almost like a foretaste of what's to come. For now, though, we see that he is afraid and he runs away. 
We are going to come up moments like come up to things like this in our life. When God brings us the opportunity to step into renewal, sometimes he'll bring up lies from the past, things that we've experienced, things that have shaped us, words of others, choices made by others that have formed our lives. But remember, God doesn't bring this up because he wants us to be reminded of that pain. As it says in scripture, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And remember, Renewal restores the past. He brings it up to bring restoration and life from that place where death has been. This is what he does with Moses. So let's continue on and see how this plays out. So as I said, in Exodus 2, verse 14, Moses is afraid and he runs away to Midian. In the process, he puts everything behind him and buries his history, forgetting the past, not wanting to look at it, essentially stepping into that second choice that Mark talks about, stagnation attempting to press pause, ignoring renewal while trying to avoid decline. He just goes on with his life in Midian, and we read about this in the chapter. But the chapter ends with that cry of Israel. It says in verse 23, During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites grew, grew in, groaned sorry, in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. The cry is still there for his people to be freed. But Moses no longer hears that cry because he's distanced himself from it. But as we know, God has a different plan often. And so we jump into Exodus 3 and we find Moses living out his everyday life. He's now shepherding sheep in the desert. He ends up at the base of a mountain, which will become really significant throughout biblical history. At this moment, he doesn't realize it. However, it's just an ordinary day and he comes across a burning bush. If you know this story, God is revealing himself to Moses. And I love that it's in the simplicity of his everyday. He wasn't out looking for it necessarily, but God comes to him. And it's the same with us. As we spend time abiding with God, he may speak to you in a moment. It may come unexpected. It may come in the everyday. But we should follow what Moses did and take notice. He looks over to this bush and walks towards it. God calls to him from the bush, speaking directly to who he is, calling him out, Moses, Moses. It's funny, as Moses draws closer, he realises how significant this moment is. And he comes to understand himself as God explains who he is. He says in verse 6, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses is reminded of his history, of who he is, something he's pushed aside. And in this, he responds in awe. He's grown up knowing this God in some form or way, hearing the story of him. Then God says to him in Exodus 3, verse 7 to 9, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hizzites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. (laughs) And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the Egyptians are oppressing them. So I want to pause in this moment and think about the response of Moses. His heart is possibly awakened. 
he remembers the cry. He can hear it. He grew up listening to it. The pain, grief, fear and shame flood back as he thinks about what it was like living in Egypt. That desire to see his people free that led him to use his own hands in an attempt to do that. This is coming up as God is speaking to him. And yet it's the same heart that God has. It's compassion. It's desire to see them freed. And so they share this moment in this time. Moses is deeply moved. However, I don't think he expected the next part. You can almost hear his heart drop or the brakes screech as God says to him in verse 10, So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here we see Moses hit the third response we have as humans, resistance. Of course he doesn't want to go back to Egypt. There's a reason he ran away. It's a very human response. And you can see him say that to God in verse 11. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He's allowing the past to affect his present. He doesn't see himself as worthy as anyone who has a voice or an opportunity to create influence. It's an identity question again. But that's not how God sees him. He's confident. He's chosen him. He saved him in that moment in the river, and he's come back again to say, no, you have a greater purpose. It's in line with his promise to Abraham. How often do we allow a lie from the past to define our present? Even when God says something else of us, the God who created us, who knows what we're capable of, we have an opportunity in renewal for God to restore that lie, to live in truth. That's what he loves to do. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Why does God want to send Moses? Clearly, he can turn up anywhere. He's just turned up in a bush to talk to Moses. This is the God who created humanity, who when he speaks, forests emerge. His voice has authority. Why didn't he just turn up to Pharaoh and speak to him about releasing his people? Why does he want to send Moses? This stammering man who is afraid, who doesn't understand who he is, It's because God often chooses to reveal his transcendent power in weakness. Through grace, mercy and power in the people that he loves. It's a repeated theme throughout the biblical narrative. Moses is one of the first. Think about David though, David and Goliath. He slays this huge giant, but he is the youngest son of Jesse, overlooked, forgotten. Or even Mary, the mother of Jesus, a young teenage girl gives birth to the saviour of the world. Two signs of weakness. This is a theme throughout the Bible. This is a way God displays his power through his people, those who yield to his call and participate in his redemptive renewal process. And it's the same for us as his people. Will we yield to his gift to renew us so that he may bring renewal through us? just as he did through Moses, just as he did through David and Mary. Because remember, in renewal, God releases the kingdom. Let's head back into the text. God responds to Moses' cry. 
who am I to go to Pharaoh? In verse 12, he says, I will be with you. It's not about who you are, Moses. It's about who goes with you. I'm going to go with you. Moses still sits in that spot of resistance and is like, but what if the Israelites don't believe in me and who I am and whose authority do I come in? What do I say? God says to him, verse 14, tell them I am who I am has sent you. He is defining who he is to Moses. The name he gives or says to Moses is Yahweh, which actually means he who creates, who brings into being. That's renewal, isn't it? God brings everything into being. He creates, he restores, he redeems. Yahweh is his name. God reveals this to Moses. Moses, before understanding his own identity, needs to understand the identity of the God that he follows. And the same opportunity lies before us. Throughout Moses' life, you see this unfold, this understanding of who God is. And God desires to reveal that to you in your life. Because remember, there's nothing he can't restore or redeem or renew in you. I'm just going to say that again. There is nothing that he can't restore or redeem or renew in you. Nothing from the past, nothing from the present, and nothing in the future can separate you from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. He wants to renew you and bring life through you. This is what his name means. And this builds our faith as we trust in it, confident that he will do it. This is what happened to Moses. Despite hearing this, despite having God speak to him directly, Moses still says, hold on, I can't speak well. They won't listen to me. What if they call me a liar? He's still sitting in that third renewal choice, resisting, not wanting to step into it because he's looking through the lens of fear. Fear is so flooding his whole being. He can only see failure. He can only see fear as he faces his past. But remember, God wants to renew him. He wants to reinterpret the present. Yahweh invites him to trust in him, to look at the present differently, knowing that he goes with him. He even says to him in verse 18, don't worry. The Israelites, they'll listen to you. Pharaoh will move. This will happen. Eventually, Moses agrees, reluctantly, after much arguing, and begins the long walk back to Egypt, back into his past. Often we have to return to our past. Not always literally. Sometimes it will be in going back to places we've been before, where hurt or pain has been. Because often the place of the hurt is the place of healing. And why do we return? Rob Reimer says, God, in his mercy, often brings about similar pain in our later years to give us an opportunity to die to self in the very place where self was formed. So the Christ life can be formed in us. Remember, Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We return to these places with God's presence, with Holy Spirit, to be restored and to be be made more like Christ. Because those lies affect our present now. They change our behavior. They don't bring life to you or those around you. 
but actually God wants that for you. In Romans 8, it says, Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. This is what renewal does. It brings that life from death. Because of what Jesus has done, there's power for that to take place if we allow Holy Spirit to do it. Because remember, in renewal, God restores the past. And so finally, as we journey with Moses, we see him head back to Egypt and he steps into that fourth choice that Mark speaks of, the choice to be God-centred. We see him run into the courts of Pharaoh, confident in who God is, and begins to speak out what God had asked him to. He boldly steps into the pathway. Exodus 5 explores this as he comes before Pharaoh time and again, equipped with God's presence and in his leading. The reality is, as you read in that chapter, things actually get worse. Pharaoh makes the slavery for um, the Israelites even harder. And it's something really important to take note. When we step into renewal, it doesn't always mean things are going to get easier. But remember that God reinterprets our presence in our present in renewal. And so it may it look different, we can trust that he is faithful to his word and who he is is Yahweh, that he will bring renewal. And that is what happens in this story. Eventually, after months of wrestling, Pharaoh lets the people go. It's a powerful story. Moses was a gifted man. You can imagine him returning to the courts. He was skilled in speaking in that arena. He'd grown up knowing it. He just had to bring those skills back. But his influence wasn't because he had knowledge. His influence came because he allowed God to rewrite his identity, to renew his identity by restoring his past. He allowed God to reinterpret the realities of what was happening in Egypt going back to him and God saying, keep going forward, I will release these people. Despite what you see happening, I will do this. And he releases the kingdom through Moses. Through the power of Moses yielding to God's renewal, a whole nation, a whole nation and generation who had been sitting under slavery for over 400 years are released. This is a significant moment and against all odds. If you look at the highlights reel of Moses' life, which is astonishing, he had a very interesting life. You see a cycle of renewal. He continually does this. He comes up against struggles. His family ends up against him at one point. He has the Israelites cry out to him in frustration. The nation goes through famine. He even argues with God at points. But he continues to step into that process of renewal. And each time he grows and he changes and God uses him, The influence of Moses is significant. He was one of the most significant leaders in biblical history. One man who influenced an entire nation and generation, who set them free, yielded to renewal, and he invited others to do the same. What if we, as the people of God, did this too? One man, a whole nation. What if we, as a people, step into this? What is possible if we allow God to renew us? and to bring renewal through us, all by the power of his spirit. God wants to restore your past. He wants to help you see the present differently, reimagine, reinterpret our present, and he wants to release the kingdom through you.